we, uh, we sit there and we, uh, we get ready for the fight and we're going in and we're walking in. Now, we, Chris and I had specified, we said, here's what we will do. We will only punch each other in the body. We will not punch each other in the face. Deal? And I said, deal. Now, we were supposed to have trained for this. We did not train. He was on a honeymoon. I was in Canada for six weeks getting drunk with my friends and eating mostly cheese prepared by my mom. And in Canada, we make our own cheese because the frost comes and you can't go outside. The White Walkers. It's a whole thing. Anyway, I don't like that not all of you laughed and some of you nodded as if to say, I always knew that came from somewhere. Canada is a weird country to be from because you can say anything and people don't know enough about it to ever say that you're incorrect. Like a lot of you are sitting there thinking Justin Trudeau is a man. He's not. He was grown in a laboratory out of bits of old politicians and one handsome yachting model who... Now, you all laugh, but some of you did think, you know, that does make sense. He has a fine hiney for a political leader. By the way, Justin Trudeau, I fucking hate him. I do. He's an environmental criminal. Canada, America, see, look at your face of shock. Canada, you know, fracking? That was us. Fun Canadians in mountain uniforms blowing up rocks so we could get oil that's actually worth less because it's so expensive to get out of the ground. And Justin Trudeau ran on two tenets. He ran on we will do no more oil extraction that is more costly than it is to get the oil and weed will be legal. He has done neither of those things, but he has been photographed five different times on a speedboat. Now, if you're on a speedboat, that means your work is done. Your work is not done, Justin. And my, penny, my punishment for this is because I didn't vote for the fuck. Because I, well, I didn't vote at all, but I rooted for him. Here's why I didn't vote. I forgot. And I don't live in the country. I meant to. I sent away for the thing, but I sent away the day of the election because I was like, oh, yeah, I got to vote. Thank you, Sarah. That's a beautiful thing. That's not how you do it, John. Now, um, so we get into the boxing ring, we're in our boxing gear. My boxing trainer was a man named Tony, who is exactly you would think of a Geordie boxing trainer, like tattoo of a skull on his bald head. The kind of guy that you think, oh, you got a tattoo of a scorpion on your dick, so you can say to a woman, I'm gonna sting you. Like that's the kind of guy. <laughs> and he's taping up my fists and he goes, uh, throw a punch, I throw a punch and he went, when's the last time you punched someone? I was like, I was 12. And he went, all right, that's how you're punching. Here's what you're gonna do. You put them in a corner and you punch them as hard as you can. And if you don't, I'm going to punch you. And I was like, he means it. He thinks this is real. So Chris and I go in the ring. We touch gloves. We begin. I am hitting Chris with soft body shots only. He is my friend. And he is a, he, like, miss, he is a very similar body type to you. You are a small person in comparison to me. If I were to hit you with my full strength, I'm not strong. I, I would hurt you. I don't know why I chose you as an example. I want to hit you. No, I don't. <laughs> I've gathered you all here to say I'm starting a new show. It's called John Hits Women. <laughs> it will not last long, but I feel like I will get in a lot of newspapers. How far away on television do you think we are from a show called Man Hitter? And it's just a man punching people. And if it's made in Britain, they'll shoot it in Spain. And if it's made in America, they'll just shoot it during a weird, like a weird job. Like, he works in a factory at night, but he also punches women. His name is Doug. Does he win a million dollars? Only if he finds a wife. I hate to say that I literally think that could be a television show. Like, some of you are going, never going to happen. And you, sir, were nodding like, you know, I tell people I don't watch that, but I would watch that show. 
like be hosted by Ryan Seacrest and Simon Cowell criticizes how he throws the punch. Your wrist was limp. You're an idiot. Anyway. <laughs> so we get in the ring. We touch gloves. We begin. I'm giving him sort of light body shots because he's tiny. And also, I don't know if you've ever punched your friend, but you feel terrible because he reacts. So I give him one a little too hard and his trainer just yells, punch him in the face. And he punched me with all his strength in the face. And I didn't know that I had evil in me. But when he did, for about 30 seconds, I just went, destroy Chris. <laughs> and I punched him really hard. And he fell on the ground like a heap of laundry. Like he looked like about the size of, I'm holding up a placard that's maybe a foot and a half. And it literally sounded like this, just and then he was just on the ground. And then I looked at the crowd. He's a posh person. I looked at the crowd of Northumberland lunatics all screaming. It's just, yeah! And then I heard my friend Paul Byrne. Now, Paul will tell you he doesn't hate posh people. And that's because Paul is lying. He does. He does. He likes some of them. I'm a Canadian posh person. He likes me. He likes a guy named Tim Fitzheim. He's posh, but he hates a lot of other posh people. And I know this because they'll be like, what do you think of this comedian? He goes, I don't like him. I don't like the way he speaks. And then I'll say it with a posh accent. And he'll go, uh, no. And I hear him just yell, kill that posh cunt. And then he high fives his girlfriend. <laughs> That was the first round. I go into the other corner. Uh, one of the people in Chris's corner runs over and just goes, John, I'm in your corner now. That last 30 seconds really scared me. Tony, my trainer, looks at me and went, you got him. Just do that again and you will win. And I felt really bad. I walked back in Chris's corner. We later discovered they said, punch him in the face again, but then get out of the way. We had not boxed before. All very good points in boxing. I don't know if you guys know this about boxing, but one of the goals in boxing, not to get punched in the face. Weird, right? <laughs> so he punches me in the face again. It happens again, but instead of falling down, he just goes on a knee. Now, I don't know the rules of boxing, so I don't know if I'm allowed to hit him. And the referee, I go to the referee, I'm like, am I allowed to hit him? And the referee kind of went, just not in the face. So then I just start punching him in the shoulder a bunch of times, not realizing I would get a bunch of points. It's now round two. We go to round three. Tony just goes, put him in the corner and punch him in the stomach a bunch. And I said, why? And he went, I don't know. I think you won't fall down so much this time. I do that a bunch more times. Rod Gilbert, who was the ring announcer, television's Rod Gilbert, at one point over the loudspeaker just yells, Chris, give John his tea money back and this will stop. <laughs> the boxing match ends. Now, Chris hasn't gone unconscious. Now, I don't really know how boxing works. So I thought that that meant neither one of us won. But then I won via points. And then when I asked later, why did I win via points? And they said, well, Chris only hit you three times and then you basically bullied him for 10 minutes. <laughs> and I told you all that to tell you this. I was out front having a beer and a cigarette that I've never wanted more in my entire life. Just in boxing clothes, smoking and drinking like a proper North of England boxer. Ah, I've done something athletic. Now I'll undo it all with the substances of my people. And a man with a thick Northern Irish accent walks up to me and just goes, ah, mate, we thought it would be funny boxing. We haven't laughed once until you got in the ring and beat up that girly boy. And then just went for a high five 
Have you ever begrudgingly given someone a high five because you fear the repercussions of going, no, that's my friend. You're just like, here you go, man, who's definitely seen a dead body because you killed them. <laughs> so again, that I, I've done boxing before. So last night, uh, you guys arrived late. I was part of the comedians wrestling. Did you guys hear about that? A bunch of your friends went? I was in the first match. What did they say about that? Very good. You, Yeah, text them. So I was an alt-right character, all that sort of stuff. I'd probably going to be very critical. It was a weird match. Anyway, I grew up loving wrestling. It was a dream come true to be part of a wrestling match. So I get in the ring. We're in the ropes. I'm pretending to be an evil bad guy who supports Trump. I'm pointing at women and saying, you're not real. I keep saying, it's so good to be back in England. The referee was black, and I pointed and said, bad. And then the crowd cheered because I don't think they understood what I said. And I stopped. Did they respond? It's always, it's always weird with texting. Do you always feel... No, we're not going to phone them. That would be desperate and weird. That said, if they don't respond in five minutes, we will phone them. But do you always find it weird with texting when you send a text message that you always assume the person is just holding their phone and they look at it and ignore it as opposed to they're living their lives and eventually will get back to you? Show of hands, who is with me where they assume every text message is read by the person and they're ignoring you? Put up your hands. And the rest of you, I assume, were loved by your parents <laughs> and understand all of that, yes? Sir, I saw that you nodding a lot. I don't know, like, it's what I, I, I get what you're saying, but um, I kind of hope that they're busy. I loved that answer. Yeah. There was so much hope in it. Yeah. It's that spirit that will get us through Brexit, my friend. Whereas <laughs> me personally, I'll look at it and I'll leave it. Oh, I'm the same fucking way. <laughs> You have to fucking twist my arm to respond to a text message. Here's what I like to do. If someone texts me, I'll just phone them and answer the question like a text message and then hang right up. People get so much more upset than you think they would. So in the wrestling match, it was uh, me and then a man named Bulk. <coughs> I don't have a cold. I'm just at that point in the fringe where my throat has decided, fuck you, I'm a tube of paper now. Right before the show, I caned like two liters of water and had a Red Bull. I feel energetic, but I feel like my voice is that of a, an aged sailor who smoked four pipefuls of tobacco a day and his, and his boat, for some reason, was coal run and his job was to stand in front of the coal ventilation tube and, and judge the smell. Just rich. <laughs> was that a job? I feel like that was a Victorian-era job. I just... Trump really wants to bring back coal, and I feel like I was the only one who's seen Mary Poppins. None of those children looked happy. And Dick Van Dyke, he was so drunk on coal dust, he thought that was a British accent. <laughs> who here has seen Mary Poppins? Okay, everyone. You, sir? Very good. Favorite part of Mary Poppins? Uh, the singing. singing? Wrong. It's the part where they s go up onto the ceiling and have tea. Yeah, it's the fucking best part because it's not explained why those men can do that. It just happens and then they do and we as children are just led to believe that some old people can fly. <laughs> Genuinely believe that until I was about five years old when I asked my... I had a lot of older relatives and we kept going to old people homes. Not like homes of old people, not those weird prisons we put old people now. <laughs> it is weird. In other cultures, old people are venerated and live in the home and prepare meals. Here in the West, you hit 80. Go over there. But why? I'm still part of society. No, you're not. You make weird noises and have political views we don't like. For some reason, you have to live in this prison, but we let you vote. We're very fickle. 
And I remember being five years old, and my auntie Kathleen came to visit from South Africa. Auntie Kathleen um, uh, married a South African diplomat in uh, in the fifties, and it took me until last year that I did the math of what side that man was on. And let's just say Auntie Kathleen was on the wrong side of history. <laughs> She married someone who's definitely in support of apartheid because he was a white man named Woodrow from South Africa. <laughs> definitely not a fan of Nelson Mandela. Never met the man, don't know what he looks like. But if your name's Woodrow and you're from Joburg and you were in politics in the 50s, let's just put it this way. Not a good guy. Anyway, <laughs> we went to... See, she, she, for some reason, was in Ottawa. There were... Before... People of that generation didn't get divorced, but I don't know if you guys have had this in your families where like the couples, they just seem to take like six month breaks from each other for no reason. Like, oh, she's just visiting in her own apartment for a while. But that's what we would have. Like, am I the only one that had this in their families where people would, you never had that? What a stable home you must come from. Did you guys talk about emotions and hug? Good for you. You probably don't have to get on stage and get laughter from strangers about your own thoughts, do you? <laughs> What do you do for a living? I'm a law student. You're a law student, so a different type of evil. <laughs> That's actually unfair. I think a lot of lawyers do a lot of amazing work. You guys just get fucked over because of the really vocal shit ones within your group. It's like straight white men. There's a lot of great straight white men. The problem is, is we have a very vocal minority that are really making the rest of us look like a bunch of dick bags. And for some reason, and then you get people yelling, hashtag not all men, which I don't know how to come back from, but just sometimes, you just, listen, it gets very hairy. What type of law are you studying? Oh, you are going to have a fucking banging career because that is the next fifty years is nothing is going to be nothing but people fighting over what the fuck does it mean to stream Mary Poppins on Netflix. Look at how you're nodding, going, "That's right, I'm going to have a pool both inside and outside of my house." That's fucking fascinating. I'm very, very interested in the law of media and stuff like that being a stand-up comic because it's a brand new frontier. Podcasts, which this show is, it's going out. It's becoming a radio show. It will be around long after I'm dead because I'm planning on dying in the next revolution, which will probably happen in the next three to five years if I stay in Britain. It won't be us. It's just that we'll become future Russia and something will happen. I know how British people revolt. You guys have a pint and read a newspaper in the evening and you ruffle it a little bit and look to no one as if to say, can you believe it? Like it's <laughs> like, and I know some of you are shaking your heads. Do you remember who here was a Remain voter in Brexit? Leavers? Very good. You didn't raise your hand at all. Yeah. Where, 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 I, 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 was, I was actually in Canada. Very good. <laughs> That's fine. You're in Canada. Good excuse. Which side were you rooting for? I'm not one of those people that hate people that oh, voted. To, yeah, very good. Yeah, I say that. If you voted leave, you would have to leave. <laughs> Not actually. Friends of mine voted leave. They had their reasons. They were wrong. And I bring it up all the time when I just show them the value of the pound. And go, what do you think of that, fucko? Um, where was I going with this? Brexit? R rest what? Revolution. Thank you very much. Do you remember the day? Thank you so much. Remember the day after Brexit? I was in London and that... There was a fucking palpable... It was worse than the, the London Bridge attacks, the Manchester attacks. Grenfell was almost the same. But that day after Brexit, people were literally walking around, looking at their hands, going, what the fuck do we do? Now? I had to do stand-up that night in the Royal Albert Hall. Not the main hall, the studio, but still, fuck you, I was in the building. 
I stayed in the maestro suite and they did not let me wear his tuxedo. And, <laughs> and it was one of the most amazing gigs I've ever done. I had to do 45 minutes and I walked on stage and I said, listen, I am an immigrant, technically speaking, to your country. I've come here, I've lived five years, I paid my taxes and yesterday you fucks changed my future and I got no say in it so I don't really want to make you laugh talking about marriage I'm just going to bash every motherfucker who voted to leave for the next 45 minutes and a table stood up and went you can't and the entire room rose and went get the fuck out <laughs> it was very ironic given what we were upset about but still and it was an amazing cleanse and I thought something great was going to come out of that I really truly do and it does just seem like we've been sort of bogged down in the wallow and the fear of it all like you are American. You guys are going through a similar thing with Trump. I don't know which side you voted on. Did you vote for? I voted for everything on the ballot besides president. Very good for you. So you didn't agree with either choice and you decided to vote for everything else. I actually commend that because I had a lot of fucking American friends who didn't vote at all and that made me want to throw shit at their face. Granted, I didn't vote in the last prime minister election in Canada, <laughs> but you know what? Being in a free democracy means hypocrisy is cool with me. Uh, I really respect that. Very good for you. Uh, what state did you vote in? Colorado. Well, we kind of knew which way Colorado was going. Yeah. Which way did it go? Very blue. Shocked, right, guys? The state that made weed legal and has just people wearing hiking shoes just in case the fancy does fool them. <laughs> I don't know what that statement means, but some of you went with me on it. And I thought, even after Trump, I thought there'd be a revolution, but even Trump, it doesn't really seem like it just seems like we're just going to wait for this to peter out. No, Oh, no, I was aware the day after. No, no, listen, my dad lives in Texas, and, and I was like, what was it like there? And he was like, people are happy, but in a way where they're like, he was like, you ever go to an all-you-can-eat buffet and have your fifth helping, and you're satisfied, but you went, we've gone too far? He's like, that's what it felt like in Texas. Where they're like, we wanted to send a message that we don't like black people, but we've actually sent that message, and now we're stuck with it for four years. And that's what he felt like there. So he's, it was the same feeling, but is it still, is there still uprising? Is there still something going on? Yes? yes? Very good. I know the Americans would get to something because if Trump leaves, then it's Mike Pence and Mike Pence believes that there should be no welfare whatsoever, including for wounded soldiers. Now, I just want to say, if you want to see a revolution happen in America, it'd be awesome because you guys have guns. <laughs> Especially in Colorado because you just stoned people with a shotgun. We're going to take Washington and then crisps. <laughs> they wouldn't say crisps, of course. They would say chips, but hey, we're freedom fries. Wasn't that the weirdest thing? There was like a, there was a year period where France didn't go to the war in Iraq, so for some reason they changed everything to like freedom doors, freedom fries, and I thought that was going to be forever, and then it went back, and it really pissed me off because France is the reason there was an America. France sent all these troopers during the fifth or sixth American Revolution. They, you Americans, will tell everyone that was the first one. That was your fucking sixth go, by the way. That's not nearly as impressive. The British at that point were probably like, just fucking give it to them. We're done shooting these idiots and then George Washington by the way venerated military leader also a big fan of making his troops sleep outside during the winter for no reason whatsoever uh, and the French finally were like we're gonna stick it to the British they a man named Lafayette gathered a French army sailed them over beat the shit out of the British American troops also did an amazing job then the French sailed home not really thinking hey we live under a one rule dictatorship of a king and we just sent hundreds of thousands of troops over to help a group of people fight for their freedom. I wonder how this will turn out. And then they sent them back. A little thing called the French Revolution happened. Lafayette escaped, and it's why when, during World War I and World War II, when America arrived to France to free, their first radio message was, Lafayette, 
we are here. Fun fact, I learned during a pub quiz. Now, <laughs> back to the wrestling. Boom, you thought I'd forgotten. So, we walk in, I'm playing an alt-right character, I'm wearing a Trump t-shirt that I'm gonna burn at the end of the month, Rocky Balboa shorts. I'm feeling great, I'm feeling happy. I get in the ring and I realize I have forgotten every piece of information about this match. It was a heavily choreographed professional wrestling match that I was about to have three wrestlers on my side, three wrestlers on their side. My wrestlers were a cheerleader woman named Zoe Lucas who did some things with her legs that I think are considered illegal. She did the splits in the air and then kicked someone in the throat, but she didn't actually kick him in the throat at all. I nearly shit my pants. <laughs> and then another man named Bulk, not just a clever nickname, he was about 450 pounds. I don't know if you've ever seen someone that big move quickly, but it's like a magic trick that's real. Like it's if someone actually was sawed in half, you're just like, how the fuck did you do that? It was amazing. And then it was me, a man who should have done a little bit more yoga and maybe written down what we were supposed to do because I got in the ring and I turned to Mike who's Bulk's real name and I said Bulk um, I've forgotten everything and he went I've been doing this for 20 years and I never remember what to do in the ring just run towards him and see what he does <laughs> and we turned out we remembered everything I fucked up one thing I felt very really really good I only got hurt one time which was uh, there was a spot so in wrestling you would think a lot of stuff there's tricks to it so for example you guys have all seen in pro wrestling maybe they throw the guy out of the ring now the trick to that is they throw you out of the ring and you just land on the ground. <laughs> not, not much science to it. So I landed on the ground. Now, I gave myself such a jump because I jumped with it, I wanted it to look really good, that instead of landing on the mats, I just landed on the floor of a gymnasium and everyone kind of cheered because like oh that was impressive and then I had to get up and a guy had to drop kick me in the chest now the trick to that is is he kicks you in the chest and then you fall down because that's how science works and then he picked me up and this is where I hurt myself is he picked me up and he pulled me by the hair and I was kind of dazed from landing on the ground and getting kicked in the chest then instead of putting my hands up to absorb the blow he hit me on the he hit my head on the mat which was relatively soft but I wanted it to sound good so after he hit me I slammed my hat on the mat and I hurt my hand <laughs> so the match went off without a hitch it was one of the most amazing things it was one of those weird things where you know you have those weird pipe dreams as a kid some of you wanted to be Superman some of you wanted to walk on the moon maybe you wanted to own a pony it was for me it was an amazing night I don't know what was, that was a weird reaction some people like ponies I don't understand them I think of them as a shitty horse I never liked horses because at six years old, um, a bunch of carnies showed up at the park near my house with a bunch of horses and were charging people $10 for a ride. And the parents just were like, oh, they must be safe. They have horses. I think they stole some horses and were just trying to make some money because one of the horses was not clearly not a for riding with kids horse because it kicked a horse in the, a kicked a kid in the face. Yeah, you thought it would be funny. It wasn't and I remember that. And then I was next in line and I turned to my grandmother and said, I don't want to ride the horse. And I remember my grandmother, Dorothy, looking at the kid on the ground and went, I think that's a good idea. And then we just walked home. The kid was fine, by the way. It wasn't a really hard kick. That was what the gossip went around. He's fine now, although he doesn't have a job. Anyway, so <laughs> wrestling happened. It was an amazing thing, but I didn't realize the adrenaline that was throwing through my body. Also, my vi girlfriend was visiting from Canada. I live in Britain. She lives in Canada. Long-distance relationship. Anyone here ever done a long-distance relationship? Yeah, it's fun. It's like having a relationship, but without all of the sex and companionship. 
not funny, but thank you for nodding along. Um, and so she left last night. And I didn't realize the adrenaline coursing through my body. So we finally fell asleep around uh, four o'clock. I'm going to tell you guys a really gross story to end this that happened last night that I may not be able to air because I haven't cleared it with my girlfriend. But fuck it. We're going to go for it anyway. And then the show will be over. I will stand at the back. Uh, the show is pay uh, is free to get in. Pay what you want to get out. At a paid venue, shows are typically 10 pounds. If you'd like to give 10 pounds, I would love you. If you want to give 5 pounds, that's great. If you want to give something, give me fucking something. Anyway, so last night, it's your last night in Edinburgh. Can't believe I'm going to tell this story, but fuck it, let's go for it. And so it's her last night in Edinburgh. I'm not going to see her for two months. And we decided to embark on some dirty, dirty, consensual, serious relationship sex. Huh? You know the kind I mean. Missionary, slight bit of doggy, her on top, me back on top. You finish, and you're asleep in 25 minutes. <laughs> Both satisfied sexually and also pleased a plan went off without a hitch. Now, we were going along, right? And uh, my girlfriend uh, said, hey, why don't you uh, come on my tits? And I was like, ah, capital idea, madam. A fun... <laughs> A fun fa- yeah, exactly. Here, here. Pip, pip, cheerio, they say. Jizz, yeah, exactly. Jizz is not just for the vagina, also for the face, tits, and ass, depending on how kicky you're feeling. Now, so we uh, position, we're, you know, going at it P and V styles, right? And then I move over to fire at her, uh, at her boobs. Now, so as I... I can't believe I'm telling this in front of strangers, but what are you going to do? And as I sort of came out, my plan was to sort of like, like sort of get on top of her and fire upon her in a way that I think makes me looks cool and probably made it just look like I was a creased gym mat shooting yogurt out of a tube. And so if you're uncomfortable now, it's going in a much worse place. So basically, as I, I moved, uh, I slipped a bit on the blanket on top and instead of just you know sharing my flower with my beloved I punched her in the face <laughs> now let's get the good news out of the way I thought I broke her nose cause she grabbed her nose and went what the fuck and I was like oh god how do you get on an airplane with a broken nose now, she didn't break her nose. All that happened was, it was just luck. I, I punched her in the lip, so she got a fat lip, like right away on the inside. The other bad news was we were beyond the point of return. So she's just like this, and then I just jizzed in celebration. I really hope that she approves that, because that was very fun. It was, it was a startling moment. I got her ice for her face, all that sort of stuff. Now, I will tell you that we talked for a little while, and I did something very insensitive. I then rolled towards her, got her in my arms, and began to fall asleep. And then she said, if you think you're going to sleep right now, motherfucker, you've got another thing coming. You just punched me in the face and then jizzed on me. I am wide awake. You are staying awake until I fall asleep. And so I did, like a good boyfriend. So I fell asleep at five o'clock in the morning. It would have been slightly earlier, but then one of my flatmates came in. And let's just say he visited Columbia with his nose. Because I just heard a man attempting to use a lock. You know, like when drunk people use a lock and it's like the first time they've ever heard of a door, let alone a lock? Like it just sounds like...
Yep. <laughs> I wasn't really in a mood to see someone at that moment. So I finally, he just then pushed the door. The door was unlocked the very first go he did. He's just a fucking idiot. And I just hear him walk out, walk into the room and he goes, John, I am drunk. And you are asleep. And then I said, no, I'm not. And then he went, I am drunk, and I woke you up. And then he fell asleep on the floor. Uh, guys, this has been Anything Be a Podcast podcast. You guys have been an audience. I love you all. I'll see you at the back. Thank you very much. Bye-bye.